Amwar makes getting dressed easy. With a clothing rental membership from Amwar, build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five-minute style quiz and select items from your dynamic, personalized closet. The styles show up at your door in as little as two days. Then when you're ready for new clothes, just swap them out for new-to-use styles. Now, I mentioned on the podcast recently that I have been pregnant or breastfeeding for four and a half years, and that season of my life came to a close recently, and I was like, I forgot I can wear normal clothes again that don't need to be breastfeeding friendly or constantly changing in sizes with a postpartum body. And so now I'm left with trying to figure out, well, what do I wear? What is my style? I can't even remember. And styles have changed so much in the last few years. And so I've been having fun experimenting with different types of clothing. And I love that Amoir has allowed me to try some different styles of jeans and kind of step outside my comfort zone and figure out what I love, what works for my body type, and to not have spent money on things that I was like, "Mm, actually, this doesn't work after I wore it a few times and realized I don't really like it. And so it's been a great opportunity for me to try out some new things and help me to define my personal style. And I also love that the style quiz, the different suggestions that they gave after I took the style quiz, it was right in line with what I would want to wear. And so I have just loved this service and I would love for you to get to try it out and get a great deal. Right now, my listeners can give Amwar a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit amwar.style forward slash crystal. That is amwar.style A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash crystal to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try Amoir today. Welcome to the Crystal Pain Show, where we help you embrace your life right where you are and give you practical steps to get to where you want to go. Whether you are in your car, folding laundry, cooking, cleaning, or maybe even just enjoying a cup of coffee and a few minutes of quiet, we're so glad you're joining us today. Here's your host, wife, mother of four, foster mom, entrepreneur, and author, Crystal Payne. Welcome to another episode of The Crystal Payne Show. I am joined in studio today by Lisa Turkhurst, and she is going to bring so much wisdom. I already know we've been sitting across from each other just talking a little bit about what we're going to talk about, and I cannot wait to dive into this topic. Her new book is called Forgiving What You Can't Forget, Discover How to Move On, Make Peace with Painful Memories, and Create a Life that's beautiful again. Thank you so much for joining us, Lisa. Well, thank you, Crystal. It's such a joy to be with you and just fun to see you again. I know. It's been a long time. It has. I feel like I'm on um, just a deficit of friendship time this year. So it's really fun to do. I know we've got work to do today, but it's been fun to catch up as friends too. 
And for anyone who is listening right now who is not super familiar with your work, I'm sure everyone's heard your name, but I'd love for you to just take a little time to introduce yourself to my audience. Sure thing. So I'm an author. Um, I think this is my 25th book. But You know honestly, you've written a lot of books, books when you're not even sure. <laughs> I know. One day I just need to sit down and count them because this is kind of sad that I don't know. But I'm, I'm an author. I'm a speaker. Um, I'm a wife and a mom. I've got five kids, but... So many of my kids are grown and now married and now they're having grandbabies. And so um, that's such a joy of my life. Um, and I'm president of Proverbs 31 Ministries, which I helped start almost 27 years ago. Wow. And with Proverbs 31, tell us a little bit about what is your heart with that and what does that ministry do? So our main goal every day is to help women especially know the truth, live the truth, because it changes everything. But I did not grow up in the church, and so the Bible was always super intimidating to me. So I like to help people have access to biblical truth who may be sort of on the fringe of like, I think that's nice. I grew up in church or I didn't grow up in church. I think some of the principles are nice, but I'm just not really sure, A, how to study the Bible, and B, I don't really know what I believe. And so I really love sitting with women. And of course, today, we're doing all this sitting with women in technology, you know, mm -hmm. so through our podcast, one of my favorite series that we've done in our Proverbs 31 podcast is our therapy and theology series, where we combine counseling truth with biblical truth. And I think that's really helpful. Um, but really, I think the best way to sort of jump into Proverbs 31 is either through our podcast or our first five app. And you can download that app at first five, um, app anywhere, you know, you can download your apps and that will give you about five minutes worth of very applicable Bible teaching each day. And I think people really enjoy that. Mm. So for your maybe 25th, we're not sure, but we think 25th book, you wrote it on the topic of forgiveness. Forgiving what you can't forget is the title. And this is a big topic. It is a big topic. I've told people that this book has simultaneously about killed me and saved me all in one book. Mm. And, you know, Crystal, I don't write as an expert like, hey, I'm super educated on this topic. So let me just jump in and impress you with all of my knowledge. I don't do that. I tackle topics that I struggle with. And so you can really look at my books and you can see Lisa's got a lot of issues. So she's got a lot of stuff that she's written about. But I know, much like you being an author, I know when I sit down to write a book, I am going to spend two to three years studying, researching, writing, editing, and then talking about this subject. So it has to be something that I feel a certain urgency to address in my own life. And forgiveness, I have to say, has been something I knew I needed to tackle, but I didn't want to. Mm. And so why? what was kind of the impetus to make you say, okay, I don't want to tackle this, but I'm going to? I think because I was hurting and I didn't know what to do with it. I, di I didn't know what to do about it. And I felt like... I was holding on to resentment, trying to say bitterness is bad, you know, and and I was beating myself up for not making more progress in my emotional healing. I'd been through a lot 
and um, honestly, how my emotional pain kept presenting itself is I was getting triggered a lot in my pain, and I didn't know what to do with it, and I felt like I was slowly turning into someone I didn't even like. And I remember there was a day that um, I was in Target, and the um, you know how your phone will send you these little memories from four years ago on this day. And those are wonderful until your memories become super painful. Mm. And so I remember this memory movie. I didn't request, I didn't put it together or just somehow my phone created it, sent it to me. And I started watching it and I felt as if the wind got knocked out of me so hard I was unable to move. I literally became paralyzed in my pain. Mm -hmm. I couldn't speak. I felt like if I open up my mouth right now, and if I just let the emotion that I'm feeling inside of me start to spill out, I will crumple in a heap on the floor and someone's going to have to carry me out of here. It was that bad. Mm -hmm. And so um, I let a few people who were behind me just go ahead of me. I, I couldn't, I literally couldn't move. I was hurting so bad. I just went through the motions. Eventually I checked out at Target and I went and sat in my car and I started crying and I called my counselor and I said, I don't know what's wrong with me, but I am, I am panicking. I don't know what to do with myself. And I literally cannot focus. I, I feel like I'm in serious trouble. And he said, Lisa, we need to do an intensive. You don't just need a one-hour appointment. I think you need an intensive. So I made the appointment, and it sounded like a good idea at the time. He fit me in pretty quickly. And um, I remember the day that I walked into that appointment, he looked at me, and he said, Lisa, do you want to heal? And I said, of course I do. I wouldn't have made this appointment if I didn't. And he said, well, today's a good day to start working on forgiveness. Mm. And I thought to myself, are you high? Like, have you been doing drugs? I There is absolutely no way that now is a good time to start working on forgiveness. Because what I was walking through that was causing so much pain, Crystal, was a situation I didn't think I would ever be in. I found out my husband was being unfaithful, and I didn't know what to do about it. And it wasn't a, a tidy progress of like, you know, we've found out what was going on and then there was not immediate repentance and then, you know, counseling and then reconciliation. And then it's like, yeah, that was hard, but we're going to get through this. I mean, there, it was, there were two and a half years that I was separated from my husband. He didn't even live in the same house with me. There was addictions that were involved. It was complicated. It was messy. And after 18 months of holding it private, things started leaking out. And because I live a pretty public life, suddenly the weight of public opinion got put on top of our very private pain. And at that point, I did not know if my husband was ever going to come home. I didn't know if the addictions would ever get un under control. And I wasn't done hurting yet. And so I remember looking at my counselor and just saying, how could I possibly forgive? He hasn't even said he's sorry. We're not even talking at this point. And if the other person never says they're sorry, and if I just don't feel like forgiving, then what am I supposed to do? Fake through this process? Like, I can't do that. And so I didn't think forgiveness applied in my circumstance. And so what did he say to you that 
caused you to change your mind because you must have had a change of mind because you wrote a book on forgiveness. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, thank you. That is stating the obvious for sure. (laughs) Um, No, he did the best thing that anyone I think has ever done for me in this whole journey. He said, Lisa, let's just start with your pain. And so he handed me the stack of three by five cards and he said, why don't you just start with how you've been hurt? And I thought, okay, I can do that. And so he said, write one thing on each card of how you've been hurt or wronged or where something's been done to you by this person and you can't make peace with it. So just write all your pain out. And he said, and let's stay focused on art. Let's stay focused on your husband And so I did, and I started to write one card and then two cards. And before I knew it, there was 30 cards on the floor. The floor was covered with these three by five cards. And then when I got to the very last thing and I thought, I don't have anything else that I can think of, I looked at my counselor and this was the beautiful thing he did for me. He said to me, Lisa, I believe you. I I believe that, that all of this has happened to you. And he said, Lisa, I want you to know it was wrong. What's happened to you was wrong. This should not have happened to you. And Crystal, it was such a beautiful, important moment because I I started to realize that what was really making me so resistant to forgiveness, even hearing that word made me so angry is because I wrongly thought that forgiveness was me saying that what happened was no big deal and it was a very big deal. Or it was me saying that the other person wasn't wrong and I felt like they absolutely were wrong. And if I forgive, isn't that me saying that I'm okay with it and I am not okay with this? And so I want to do that for a listener right now. I just want to say, if no one else in this world has ever dared to bear witness to your pain, I will. Mm. I will say, I'm so sorry for what happened. I don't know why they did what they did, or they said what they said, or why they walked away, or why they stayed and hurt you so much. I don't know those answers, and I don't know the specifics of what you've walked through, but what I can say is if it hurt you, it shouldn't have happened, Mm -hmm. and I am so sorry that it did. But friend, I want to tell you what my counselor shared with me that day. He said, Lisa, you deserve to stop suffering because of what this other person has done to you, and the only way to sever the source of suffering is to make the decision you will no longer allow the person who hurt you to hijack your ability to heal and move forward. So you cannot wait for the other person to say that they're sorry or to make the decision to change or to do anything because otherwise, if you're always waiting for them to make a choice, then you are saying my healing is attached to choices that I cannot control. So you've got to sever the source of suffering through the power of forgiveness. And forgiveness is actually not an unfair gift you have to give to that person that hurt you. Forgiveness is actually a beautiful gift that you can receive for yourself 
because God has given us this ability to allow our hearts to heal when we walk through the process of forgiveness. I think that so many people that I talk to feel stuck because I think they they know they've been hurt. But for you to start with just acknowledging they've been hurt. Like I think that sometimes we feel like we just need to stuff down all that pain and that forgiveness, like you said, is is that. It's just kind of like we're just gonna wipe the slate clean and move on. And yet I'm I'm listening to this book right now, The Body Keeps the Score. I don't yes, know if you I have read it. Yes. And it's so powerful of how these things in our past affect us so poignantly right in our present. And I was thinking of you had a lot of health things that you went through major life threatening. You almost died. Mm-hmm. And you talk about that in this book and how you have to acknowledge that pain. We can't just keep stuffing it down. Mm-hmm. And so for the woman right now who is listening, who this is touching her deeply and she's, you know, just for you to acknowledge that is a huge step for her to recognize it's okay to acknowledge I was hurt. I was hurt deeply. Yeah, it's not only okay, Crystal, but it is absolutely necessary because I think when we've been hurt, wounded, betrayed by another person, for us to say, well, I'm just going to you know, make peace with my feelings or, or I'm, I'm just going to pretend like it didn't hurt me as bad as it did. That's almost like betraying ourselves on top of all the other hurt that we've been through. And when I stuffed my pain down and I refused to acknowledge it and I kept just pushing through, like just push through, just do another day and another day. But all of that hurt, all of that trauma went somewhere. And in my body, it went to my colon and, um, What happened to me is my colon actually detached from the abdominal wall. It twisted itself around in in a knot and um, and I almost died. And the surgeons that went um, to do surgery on me, when they finally figured out what was happening, they um, they had to remove most of my colon. And they said when they opened up my midsection, it looked, the trauma was so severe, it looked like I'd been hit by a bus. And so most people don't get a picture of what emotional trauma does to the body, but I did. And I can say it is absolutely necessary for us to acknowledge how we've been hurt, what it's done to us, and the fact that we need someone in this world to just bear witness to our pain, and it doesn't have to be the person that hurt us. Mm -hmm. You know, you can have a friend, you can have a counselor, you know, that's part of what makes counseling so powerful is it's not so much that the counselor is telling us what to do, the counselor is helping to get from what's stuck inside of us to get all of that out. And usually in my counseling sessions, it, it, I walk away and I just think, wow, I just paid him so that I could talk for an hour. And really, I just needed someone to give me permission that A, I am hurting and B, I already kind of knew what I should do with it. Mm-hmm. I just needed someone to sort of bring it out front and center and acknowledge it's real. It's real. You know, Crystal, when I was a little girl, 
Um, my mom did a good job of teaching me about forgiveness, but I never let my little girl view of forgiveness grow up and mature into something that I could carry into some very hard adult situations. So when I was a little girl, um, my sister and I would get into a fight and I was the aggressive one. So usually, you know, my sister would cry, my mom would appear and my mom was like the great judge, you know, and she would appear and she would say, Lisa, it was wrong for you to hit your sister, say you're sorry. And so, and then she would look at my sister and she would say, now you need to say that you forgive her. You need to hug and make up. And if the two of you don't stop acting foolish, I'm going to really give you something to cry about. And then the great judge would disappear. So I think forever in my life, I carried that little girl view of forgiveness into my adult world, and I kept waiting for the judge to appear to declare someone right and someone wrong. And one reason I kept holding on to all my resentments is because I was waiting for that epic moment where I could present my case to the great judge and prove how deeply I'd been hurt. But what I've realized is that's not the way life plays out. There very rarely ever is that opportunity where we get to present all this proof, this resentment that we've held on for so long. And very rarely do we ever get the opportunity for the other person to realize how deeply they wounded us. Very rarely. And so if we if we're waiting for this epic moment our whole life and it doesn't come, we are holding on to this trauma that's been done to us and it wreaks havoc in our body and our mind. And the bitterness doesn't want to just like be a feeling. It wants to be our only feeling. And so I'm glad you're reading that, the, the book, you know, The Body Keeps the Score. I read it too. And I think that this work on forgiveness that I'm doing, and as I was writing, forgiving what you can't forget, I wanted to really give people answers for not just the biblical view of forgiveness, but the real emotional process of healing, acknowledging that these traumas are real and they're hard. So once you have kind of sat in that place of acknowledging the pain and really owning, you know, you talked about you had 33 by five cards. So what do you do with that? So then, you know, your counselor said to you, you know, I acknowledge, you know, that hurt. And he, he just sat with you in that pain, which is such an important piece, but we can't just stay there. That's right. We can't stay stuck in the pain because, Hurt that sits unattended too long in the human heart, it has such a propensity to turn into hate. Mm. And it will turn us into someone that we don't even want to be. And I was determined that my heart was too beautiful a place for bitterness, resentments, and unhealed hurt and unforgiveness. And so I looked at my counselor and I said, okay, now what am I supposed to do? And um, he said, Lisa, it's time to make a decision to forgive. And I said to him, okay, I can do that. But what do I do about all these feelings that aren't signing on to this process? Because one thing I'm not, I'm not fake. And so I don't want to say I forgive this person if I really don't feel like forgiving them. 
And um, I remember Jim, my counselor, he was so patient. He just said, Lisa, you're a Christian. And so why don't you just acknowledge that God's forgiveness has flowed to you. So now you are just letting it flow through you. And it's not your determination that is releasing this forgiveness process. It's just your cooperation. Like you're acknowledging you need forgiveness. And so you're letting forgiveness flow to you and through you. So just add a statement on the end. Like I choose to forgive this person because I'm empowered to do that. So I'm choosing to forgive Art. That's my husband. I'm choosing to forgive Art for this specific pain that he caused me. And whatever my feelings will not yet allow for, God will surely cover. Mm. And I can't really explain to you why it was so powerful, but it was because I felt like it's okay. I can make this decision for me. And I don't have to wait on art. And I don't even have to feel so lovey-dovey forgiving. And I'm not saying that reconciliation is immediate. It's not. And I'm not saying that my trust is reestablished in the relationship because it wasn't. And I'm not even saying that I'm okay with what happened. I wasn't okay with what happened. And I was still leaving space for emotional healing to occur. Because after I did that, I went card by card by card by card. End of each individual card, I had a marked moment of forgiveness. And he gave me these little pieces of red felt material. And I would just lay after each card, I would lay a piece of red felt over each card. And it was such a beautiful way for me to say, like, I'm empowered to do this. No one else can steal this from me. And this is what I'm doing for my healing. I'm doing it for me. And it was really powerful. But then I remember I looked at Jim and I said, okay, what's going to happen, you know, six hours from now, six days from now, six months from now when I'm triggered in this pain and I'm hurting all over again, and I feel angry and bitter. Now, what do I do? Because I don't want to feel like a forgiveness failure. And he said, Lisa, remember, forgiveness is both a decision which you've made today to forgive for the facts of what happened, but forgiveness is also a process to forgive for the impact that this has had on you. It's two parts. You've made the decision today, and when you get triggered in your pain, recognize it's just another indication of an unhealed place in your heart. So stop and have another marked moment of forgiveness. So literally, it used to be, Crystal, that I'd be in the grocery store, you know, or Target's where I live my life, basically. (laughs) But I remember, like, I'd be in the grocery store, I'd be in the banana aisle, and I would hear a song, and it would trigger me in pain. And it used to be that I would just have that panic feeling. I remember one time I even laid across the bananas in the produce section of the of the um, grocery store. I literally just, my feet were on the ground, but my whole midsection just, boom, right on top of the bananas. And you know, the poor fruit guy, he came over. He's like this little teenager, you know, and he's like, ma'am, can I help you? And I remember looking at him saying, dear God, I wish you could help me. They do not pay you enough to help people like me, you know? But Now, instead of those triggers hijacking me, now I know exactly what it is. Oh, this is part of the impact that this has had on me. It, the impact of how I was wounded. If it was a $5 impact, 
then there's probably not a long process of emotional healing. But if it was the equivalent of a $5 million impact, then that pain is going to leak into my life over time. And that is okay. And that's normal. And it's part of the emotional healing process. So I stop and I say, I now forgive this person for what they, not the fact of what they did, but how what they did impacted me, the anxiety, the fear, the traumatic, you know, feeling of like, I can't process this, whatever it is. And I say, and whatever my feelings will not yet allow for, I'm choosing to forgive them for this, but whatever my feelings will not yet allow for right now, I'm trusting that God will surely cover it. And it is so empowering now to know what I can do with those triggers. Mm. So I'm sitting here thinking of the woman who is listening and this is touching her in a deep way, but maybe she is continuing to get hurt. It's not like it was a past experience. She's in a relationship or a situation where it's constantly she's being hurt. What words of advice would you say to her? Well, in the book, I go into a lot of detail for this because most of us are in relationships with family members that have hurt us and they keep hurting us. And as much as we want them to change, they're not changing. And as much as we want them to have these epic realizations of how wrong they are, we've waited for like for some of my family members, I've waited for over 50 Thanksgivings for them to act normal and they're still not. And it's so hard and so painful. So there's a whole section in the book about boundaries and specifically boundaries around situations where you have forgiven that person, but you know the holiday table is coming and they're going to hurt you all over again. And so I help you know exactly how to prepare for it what to do, what to think, what not to think, what to say, what not to say. And best of all, I empower you to realize that you do not have to continue to give that person emotional access to your heart and to your mind. And, and you can forgive someone and absolutely have a lot of space between you and them so that you don't keep getting hurt. And that's so important in a message like this. Mm, I absolutely agree. And I love that you give such practical takeaways. And it's not just like, forgive. And, you know, because there are so many women that I speak to who are in really, really hard, hurtful situations, and they need to know what should they do next? And so thank you for writing that and addressing that in this book, because I feel like there are some situations we can't just tie up with a neat little bow and it's not going to be this reconciliation or something. And we have to face it again and again and again. And so to know how to face it with that emotional, I don't know if we want to say like armor on, that's going to help us to not um, just continue to get hurt and hurt and hurt. And I think one of the complicated things that I continue to wrestle with, and and I think the the reason why at first I was like, why am I writing this book? You know, I struggle with forgiveness. I don't want to write this book. But I think because I struggle with it, I was able to bring the appropriate amount of emotional angst mm-hmm. 
that this topic deserves. And, you know, I think it's important to know, too, in my healing journey with my husband, because not only did we have to heal from the infidelity, which is such a long process, and try to reestablish trust, which is brutally difficult, but the addiction cycle is something that I think where I see a lot of women hurting and feeling so disempowered is when they're married to someone who's struggling with addictions. And so I address some of that as well. And, and what I help really, what I, I really want to help somebody today is remember it doesn't make you an unforgiving person to draw boundaries. Boundaries are not meant to shove the other person away. They're meant to hold you yourself together. And you do not have to participate in every drama that you're invited to. You can be this beautiful person with a beautiful life who is in some relationships that are quite complicated. And so I think this book will help your heart probably more than anything else that you've read in a long time. As we close up, I just would love for you to share with us the writing of this book. And then I I know I can't even imagine how difficult it would have been to write this book because it required you to go to some really, really hard, raw places and kind of put them out there. But can you share with us, you, you, the subtitle is Discover How to Move On, Make Peace with Painful Memories, and Create a Life That's Beautiful Again. And I'm assuming since there's that subtitle that you feel like you are getting to that place in your, in your life. Can you tell us a little bit about where you are now after writing this book? Well, now I'm in this place. I'm still healing. Um, but I think that I've recognized forgiveness is not just a principle for us to heal from the hard and horrific in our life. Forgiveness is actually supposed to be something that's as much a part of our daily living as eating, breathing, sleeping, and exercising, and then just add on forgiving. Mm -hmm. And so I've gotten to this place now where I used to feel almost paralyzed because I knew more hurt was coming. Mm -hmm. I just knew, like, especially in our world today, all I have to do is open up my social media account. And if I dig just a little deep in there, I'm going to get somebody has sent me something hurtful, or I'm going to walk into the coffee shop and somebody's really angry with something that happened in their world today, but they're unleashing the anger on, you know, me and anybody else they're interacting with today. And so I used to kind of feel like I want to go to a deserted island and be all by myself because I'm so tired of being hurt. But now I have actually gotten to this part where I wake up in my bed and I say some prayers in the morning. I confess where I need forgiveness. And then as I receive that forgiveness, I actually look forward to opportunities that I can let it now flow through me to other people. So I pre-forgive people who are going to bump into me, into my happy that day. And so just imagine how powerful and beautiful this world would be if we already pre-forgave that person that was going to be a jerk to us today. And we, you know, we interact with them. Maybe it's at the coffee shop, maybe it's at school, or maybe it's at our workplace. And we're like, 
oh no, bro, just because you laid that offense down does not mean I'm going to pick that offense up and carry it with me and have it ruin my day. Like you do you, boo. I have already forgiven you. And so God bless you. You know, you have a great day and I can tell something has hurt you today. And I just want you to know, like I'm going to get in my car and say a little prayer for you. And you turn around and you walk away and you leave the offense where they put it, but you don't have to pick it up and let it ruin your day today. And it it's not always so neat and tidy. You don't always have the epic like comeback, you know, or anything like that. But it has started to free me that I am only held accountable to my words and my thoughts and my choices. And if I want a beautiful life, then I have beautiful thoughts, beautiful choices, and I take beautiful steps in my life. And then I'm going to do my part in making this world an even more beautiful place. And that's a beautiful way to end. So for those of you listening who you want that too, you want this peace and this perspective that Lisa has, I cannot recommend highly enough getting a copy of Lisa's new book, Forgiving What You Can't Forget, Discover How to Move On, Make Peace with Painful Memories, and Create a Life That's Beautiful Again. As always, if you have any question on any topic you'd love for Jesse and I to answer on a future episode, or you just have feedback or suggestions, or you'd love for us to change something or do something different, we love to hear from you. We love your emails. And so you can send an email to crystal at moneysavingmom.com. Thank you so much for joining us on today's episode of The Crystal Pain Show. Have a great week. And remember, you can't always choose your circumstances, but you can always choose your attitude. Thank you for joining us today. For more great resources, please visit crystalpain.com.